welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, a podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host, Julia Kermode, will empower you to succeed. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really excited to have with me a, a lady called Jan Eisten. She is board chair at Smartworks in Greater Manchester and it's a fantastic organisation that gets involved with helping people look their best for job interviews. Now, Jan's background, she's got a strong commercial background in business development and IT um, and she's now, as I say, involved in Smartworks. So Jan, really warm welcome. Tell us a little bit about Smartworks if you can as as a starter. Thank you and thank you very much for the invitation it's wonderful to be connected with your audience and if uh, they go away with some hints and tips as to how to perform better at interview and be really prepared then that's a wonderful use of my time. Um, Smartworks Greater Manchester first opened its doors in June 2015 so over six years old now and we're an employability charity. We support unemployed, disadvantaged and often vulnerable women as they start their journey to get a job so whether that's Mm -hmm. thinking about what job best suits their skill sets and their availability and their challenges regarding travel and the like and childcare, helping them define what the best job is to go for and then when they have an interview we invite the uh, clients into our center to both style and dress them in an interview outfit which is always fantastic and is free and theirs to keep and then then after they're feeling really confident when they've had the the um styling uh service they go Mm. forward into a one-to-one interview coaching process which is specifically about giving them the skills and the tools necessary in order to pass that interview and get the job okay brilliant and so you it sounds to me like you're doing kind of almost the start to to the finish um the, the whole kind of job search process for for these people our coaches who do this job help coaching the upstream piece will say that many of the women they talk to are nowhere near interview ready yeah but yeah they've they help them to go through their lived experiences really and and convert that into a, a skill set that they can mm-hmm. articulate so they might say classically with our, our clients I haven't worked for five years I've just been looking after my father who's been very sick sick of my two kids I've got no skills yeah. whatsoever and our coach's job is to then say well okay let's talk about how you manage that family scenario yeah. um, you know, and we bring out the the hard skills like the woman in that situation must have been able to budget She must have been able to time manage, she'll be resilient, but then also the soft skills should be empathetic and caring and resourceful. Mm -hmm. So we try and help understand the the experiences that they've had and and try and steer them into a career that might play to those skills that they actually have got, but they don't recognise as skills. They just say it's stuff that I do every day. You know what we're like as women. We're not (laughs) always front of the queue to shout out our achievements and ask our abilities yeah that's that's so true I mean I've spoken to people who who who've been sort of saying oh well you know I've, I've been furloughed during during the pandemic I haven't really done anything in that time and you're like well you must have been doing something and you know and what once you change people's outlook as, as to what they have been able to do and you know turn turn those into kind of skills and that sort of thing um that they can offer employers it it just well it gives them a massive confidence boost as as well as as everything else um and and 
you need that external perspective I think to to change how how you view yourself um quite often um especially especially if if you're in a situation that you perceive as as kind of not having many opportunities yeah and our our coaches will say because what quite often now we'll we'll do the job help searching for a woman and then three months later she'll be referred to us by the job center coach to say right she does have an interview now she's ready and the coaches will say they come on the second coaching call and they're they're completely different people in terms of their ability to articulate the skill set. So they've remembered things. And then, you know, they've they've probably have had some help to develop a CV or a covering letter. And uh, but our interview coaches will say to the um to the clients who come for that first appointment when they have an interview they will say look this will be the this will be worse than your interview because this is your opportunity to practice this is where we really hone your ability to answer those questions and to look confidence and to put across uh confidence and to articulate your skill set and answer that awful first question tell us a little bit about yourself oh we all hate that there's there's i don't know that there's a good answer for for that one really no No, and i mean to this day it's i don't even like it particularly but one of the mm. things we do in that uh, interview preparation coaching uh, appointment, we um, we always give the client an interview booklet, which is a completely professional front to back guide for mm. what she has said in her in in her pre- practice session. You know what answers she has given, what skills she has articulated, and real and it includes lots of practical skills about how to behave and conduct yourself in the interview mm. and, and things like that so they they take away some tools which are theirs to keep not just the coaching in and of itself in that hour brilliant that that's actually really impressive it sounds like they're getting a really bespoke service um and and you know that that's 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 absolutely invaluable to them um and you know you must have loads of really good success stories um is there anything that kind of stands out I mean it must be so hard to to choose one one or even two um but but yeah what 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 stands out um you know during the last year or so for you and and I'm really glad you have picked up on the fact that it it is a bespoke personalized service because it really is Mm. um we know we we know the type of work that the client is going for um we typically see clients who've got an appointment maybe in two or three days time so it's normally very short order and we can squeeze women yeah. in normally with juggling our um uh appointments we've got quite a yeah. big capability so it, it is they the, the coaches do understand what the requirements are for those particular jobs so again it's just that yeah. really extra little bit of magic we can bring but there are a couple of clients i could i mean there are dozens and dozens and yeah every time a woman gets a job and 70% of our women get the job and 92% of our women feel more confident they will get a job within a month of leaving the service. But there's a lady called Alma who was in recently uh, and we always use um, anonymized names. So uh, to protect our clients' confidentiality, but she came to us and she was in her first dressing with the stylist and she was in front of the mirror trying on her interview outfit and she received a call from a solicitor letting her know the date of the custody hearing for her son. And he told her in the appointment, look, if you get the job, you have a far stronger chance of securing custody over your son. And she she had to make a choice, Alma. She had to really go for it. She had to put herself in an uncomfortable situation to secure the job that she had the interview for in a couple of days. So the pressure was really on this this woman. And um, she, she walked out of the dressing room 
thinking, yeah, I look the part. I look like I deserve this job. So that's the basics done. And that's why we do the styling first, because we just want all that pressure taken off the woman's shoulders about how can I both fit in, but then stand out so they remember me. And clothing is a big part of a woman's uh, representation, especially in a high-pressure situation like a job interview when you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, So she walked out the dressing room feeling fantastic. She loved the clothes. She loved her relationship that she'd created with the stylist over the hour. And then she went in with the coach and she just said to the coach, I need to get this job. End of. The pressure is on you as well as me to make (laughs) me leave here with the confidence and the skills that I need to go on and nail that job. And she did. She got the job. Um, so we're just waiting to hear her. We're waiting to see her to come back for a second dressing if she wants to, because the clients can come back once they've got the job and take away with them a full working wardrobe. Oh, so wow. another, another up to 10 pieces that will make them. Well, we don't want a woman to go into the workplace with our help and then lose her confidence because she's only got one nice outfit to wear. Yeah, we yeah. want to feel all the way to run up to pay day. And the stylist will coach the woman through how to you know, if you've, if you've taken away a very smart suit, but you're going into a job in the care system, you're not going to wear that suit. So in the mm. second dressing, we'll be able to give the client black trousers, flat boots, jumpers, yeah. uh, coats, anything that she feels she needs to be able to be successful in a job going forward. So she doesn't lose that, that confidence in the first few weeks. And then there's Nicola, who as a client of ours who came to us from a women's refuge in Manchester Mm. City Centre. She was miles away from her family. I think she'd had to leave her home in the middle of the night in Leicester. She was fleeing an abusive relationship and she had absolutely nothing to wear. She had one set of clothes, which were the clothes she left the house in. So she was classically washing her underwear overnight, leaving it on the radiators to dry. And and, and that, that erodes confidence it completely destroys self-esteem and um yeah so when Nicola came to us she managed through how on earth she did it she managed to get herself an interview for a job and when she came to us our stylists are are empowered to go above and beyond Mm -hmm. and we have in our dressing room uh drawer after drawer after drawer of brand new unworn underwear that's donated to us from John Lewis and Marks and Spencers and companies like that. And we also have feminine hygiene products that are given to us by another charity called Bare Necessities. So our start, Nicola did not leave in just an interview outfit after her first session with (laughs) us. She left with a few more things, but practical things like boots and a coat and a bag where she could put her interview folder and things like that. So, I mean, it's a it's a joyful service when you have Almas and Nicholas coming in and you can help transform yeah. their lives and the lives of their families as well. I can I can only imagine. Um, I mean, I, I'm sitting here and I, I've, I'm getting kind of goosebumps as, as we're talking. <laughs> the the difference that 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 your organisation is is making and you know, kind of some people out there perceive clothes and how we look and even kind of hairstyles and whatever is kind of being a bit um a, a bit of a luxury but when you have none of that it, it you as you've already said it will affect your confidence how you feel about yourself how how you present you, yourself how you come across i mean um nicola the, the second person you talked about having to wash her undies every day and and dry them dry yeah. them every night it's the the mental damage i suppose um it must be enormous for for them yes and our volunteers are 
are recruited for the skill set. So our stylists will have been uh, personal stylists at John Lewis or Hobbs yeah. or in, in retail organisations. So they've been buyers in fashion. So they, they love clothing and they love moreover what clothing does for a person's mm. confidence and feelings of self-worth and and similarly the volunteer coaches will all have been hr managers or recruiters or professional business people who've grown teams and developed women into into through their careers mm. but over and above all of that we ensure that our volunteers are first and foremost empathetic yeah and yeah. kind and they yeah. are absolutely not judgmental at all uh, we have seen it all yeah. we we are open to women only or, or anyone who represents themselves as a woman from the ages mm-hmm. of 16 to 66, um, size six to size 26. Our church is very broad and our doors are open to, to everyone. And, and it's, it's heartwarming to support women like Nicola and, Nicola and yeah. Alma. You know, you do know that it's a t- the first dressing where they are styled, dressed and then interview coached. That's two hours, and in two hours, it's unbelievable the what the volunteers are able to do when they've mm. got that woman, they're holding her hand, they're gently supporting her and showing her support, possibly yeah. like she hasn't had for, for many a year. You know, Alma yeah. was Nicola was separated from her family, so she didn't have anybody saying to her, you know, you look great, you've got this, you, you at least look like you deserve to be in the interview, now go and sock it to them and give, yeah. tell them all your yeah. skills. And that's our, our volunteers gently encouraged to start off with, but then they'll really start to um, build build confidence by first of all mm. building rapport with the clients it's very important whilst obviously being mindful of safeguarding um, yeah. and the woman's preferences yeah. you know we don't we don't ever adjust a client's scarf especially not somebody like Nicola who's been in an abusive relationship she'd be horrified if the volunteer stepped into her personal space so we have to be yeah. really mindful yeah. of barriers that we can't cross but you know smiles and encouraging words and you know great big beams of of smiles when the when the lady comes out the dressing room looking fantastic there that does a, an awful lot to a person's yeah. self-esteem yeah it's it's amazing and I think in in some ways that first step that that your kind of clients um go through in terms of asking help asking for help can be really hard for them if they're in that kind of low place um self-esteem wise and then to come into your services and then then to come out the other side a different person almost it sounds like it's just incredible isn't it 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 is and i I mean uh, the, the feedback we get about how they feel better and their job, their confidence about getting a job, it's always 92, 94%. It's never fallen below 90%. And, and you're absolutely right. Uh, the client has no understanding of what the SmartWorks experience is going to be like. Mm. Um, so she has a, a perception, and that perception is very much set by, say, a job centre coach or her um, the person who's supporting her as she's trying to leave a prison, the prison service or mm. trying to get a job while she's in a... A, a women's refuge um so we we have a video about the client experience that we send to all of our referral partners but we do have women we see them at the front door and it's either why am i being sent to a charity shop it's going to smell like a charity shop the clothes are going to be yeah. awful and yeah. the job center are just following me off by sending me here so that's one perception and the other perception is sadly i'm going to walk into that center 
I don't have stylish clothes. I know I don't look amazing. I'm really down on my heels at the moment. And it's going to be full of wealthy, white, middle-class women who all look fabulous and wear amazing, expensive clothes. And the reality is neither of those are true. Um, But, you know, that's that. our job is to overcome that perception within the first five minutes of them settling in. So we do settle them in really carefully. We welcome them. We make them a cup of tea. We ask some very gentle questions on a reception area with a sofa, and a welcoming, um, yeah. welcoming yeah. area where the volunteer will sit and get to know the woman a little bit, and then they go into the showroom and actually have the the dressing service. So we understand those. I mean, I'd be horrified if somebody sent me to somewhere like Smartworks and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I would be thinking yeah. either it's a waste of time or oh my god, I don't even know what to dress to wear to go to Smartworks. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm <laughs> laughing. It's not funny, but but yeah, totally. And you know, I can I can empathise with with the. Um, mental barrier that that it's going to be full of very glamorous ladies who who you know we we've all had that haven't we from time to time when you're out shopping and and you you see something you like in the window and you're like well I can't go in there I look look too yes. scruffy and so yes. you know um to 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 go in anyway in that scenario is is just um just fantastic so the there must be lots of barriers that that your ladies come across when when job seeking. Um, you know, could you outline just a few a few of those? Um, and and kind of how how your service helps with that. Yeah, I mean, and the biggest one. Let's not beat about the bush. The biggest one is having a disadvantaged background. You know, mm. which does lead to lack of self esteem and poor self belief, low confidence, and poor communication skills. So, and not having really strong role models around you and in your family uh, for you to aspire to. So, mm. dis- we work with agencies who support disadvantaged unemployed women. We're really trying to reach those communities that are around Greater Manchester where women, young women, start off thinking that. I'm never. I'm not going to have a career. I've had one setback, and I don't know how to get back on the ladder. I left school with no qualifications. My life path is set out for me, and its benefits, possibly children early living in social housing. And then we also try and reach women who might be in the mid fifties who've been let go of a job, you know, when mm-hmm. perhaps a retail organisation closed down. Who think, how on earth am I ever going to get a job? I'm fifty-five. Yeah. I need money. I've got a family. I need to pay my rent. You know, these yeah, aren't people yeah. with mortgages and cars normally. So I think a disadvantaged background is that is we need to be really honest about it. It's the biggest obstacle to that job seekers come against. But however, mm-hmm. there are organisations like ours that are there to hold your hand through that process. It's not a handout. It's a it's a handheld. Yeah. Um, and then lack of basic employability skills. Um, no idea about how to write a CV. What is a cover yeah. letter? How to work out how to apply for a job by translating your experience in, is into a skill set. And mm. then in Greater Manchester, you know, we our transportation isn't cheap. So transportation yeah, is an obstacle. True. Gaps in employment, unless you can talk confidently about why that's happened, that can become an obstacle. Women who require childcare assistance, so they're on the verge of, if you're on universal credit and you've got childcare assistance, the job is perhaps not offering you as many shifts as you would like. So what? Mm. where's the tipping point to make working more cost-effective than not working? That's a big obstacle at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously major life challenges such as domestic violence, drug or alcohol abuse, mel- mel- mental illness, a prison record. Um, so there are, there's, there's still a lot of obstacles mm. that 
people have to over women have to overcome and we're there to help them we have helped women overcome those obstacles in their hundreds in the past um and we'll continue to do so and we can really mm-hmm. help we can really help them th- guide them through that yeah and i'll just share um one of my frustrations with with it is the sometimes the recruitment processes that that companies use um don't help people with with all these various backgrounds and and I just I get very frustrated actually that 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 has to be the case because I I personally don't think it does and I I think as a society um, we we need to change our perceptions and 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 stop judging people who who might not kind of fit our idea of 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 what of what we're looking for in employment terms um and you know who's to say that our idea and our perceptions are right um anyway I, I'm so, sort of moving on to changing the world here Jan so I'm not, I'm not, not sure that, that that's possible I think you make a very good point and one of the things we've tried and we've never cracked this uh, Julia so any hints and tips as to how to would be listened to carefully we would like to work with employers because I, I think that or recruiters um mm. because I think that if they are genuinely committed to supporting disadvantaged people, women and men, get into the workplace, um, then I do agree that some of the recruitment processes are obstacles in and of themselves. But we would we'd like to work with employers who say, look, if you've been through the smart works process, we know that you will be interview ready. So mm-hmm. we will get we will guarantee to give an interview to any woman who's unemployed who's been through the smart works process because you've actually proven that you've taken a step towards. Yes moving yourself forward and be yeah. and taking on you're, you've been open enough to take on board support to help you get there yeah. um, we've never quite cracked that yet we've tried a, a number of times and we've got close with the nhs and with um, the the dwp themselves civil mm. service so we do we do we are asked by those organizations what could they do differently in their recruitment processes um, but there is more that we could probably do as a national organisation. Yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, listeners. Anybody, <laughs> anybody in the, those types of organisations, you know, be, who wants to help people? Because at the, at the moment, there's. I, I'm also a bit frustrated. There's so many sectors in the UK at the moment that are short staffed, um, and and yet there's there's this workforce out there with huge amounts of talent and potential um and we 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 should marry the the two up and i, I know i know that that's kind of what what your organization is is doing and i just wondered have you seen any differences in the last um year or so um in relation to to sectors that do have these shortages i wish employers were more open-minded when they try to fill positions particularly um when they've got such huge vacancies um but then i think unemployed women can take a bit of an advantage of that because you can think more laterally about you know for example as i said before if you've been caring for an elderly relative that translates directly into an empathetic caring soft skill set so you could mm-hmm. you could link one to the other more directly and, and just make it as easy as possible for the recruiter to hire you because right now they do want to hire you they're not being as selective as they perhaps once yeah. were but if you if you don't prepare the outcome will still be the same yeah. there, 
they're not going to take on people that they don't think can do the job and can fit into their organization culturally. So you still, you can't, you can't skinny the preparation process. I'm afraid. I don't think you can. No, I, I completely agree with you because so much hinders on interviews. Um, and that, that's, that's a whole other discussion actually is, is whether that's even the right process, but let's not get into that. But so much does hinder on that. And, and you might be the best person on the planet for a, particular role but if you if for whatever reason you don't perform it as well as you could then then unfortunately it, it it's going to be difficult so I I agree with you I don't think you can kind of scrimp in in the preparation for for these things can you not really um and and you know coming to SmartWorks is is the preparation it's mm. all the preparation you really need other than and our interview coaches even help with this or our reception team um just knowing which bus to get and how to get there yeah. or which tram and then bus to get and how much time you need to give yourself. So we try to be as, as practical as possible. And, you know, if, if the interview's on Zoom, our coaches will say, well, look, in the background, you've got a lot of personal photographs. I'd suggest removing them. The light yeah. is shining on you so we can't see you at the other end, and other end of the camera. So they'll try and be as practical as possible to, to do that final little bit. Um, yeah preparation that's needed I think that's brilliant actually because um because you know some of your some of the women that you help won't necessarily even have have a smartphone for example so they might not be able to find those bus times and and do do that kind of admin detail if you like that that a lot of us leave to the last minute because we we are able to do it at the last minute but um but yeah that 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 extra bit it if someone misses that and then misses their interview slot, then 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 they they've blown it. So yeah, that's sorry to pick up on what's such a small detail, but I just think it just shows how much thought goes into the process from from your side. Well, we're deeply committed to their success. You know, we've mm. we've, we've given them two hours of our time yeah. for the single single purpose for them to be effective, perform at their interview and get the job. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, nobody wants to to miss that tiny little bit that might make a difference. So, for example, yeah. we talked about the interview folder. We'll remind the, the client to take the interview folder with it to read on the bus. But we also give the, as part of our styling, we'll also give the woman a bag that's big enough to carry the interview folder. Yeah. So, uh, and the stylist, as she's finishing off the appointment and she's wrapping up the clothing in beautiful tissue and in a, in a lovely oh, white unbranded amazing. bag. Yeah, it has to feel like a lovely personal shopping experience at the end of it. Then the, the stylist will say, if you if you're going on the bus and you need, but you think you need heels in the interview, your bag's big enough to pop you, so you can put your heels in your bag and pop your trainers, swap your trainers oh, before you go. You know, all those little yeah. things. Just yeah. just to add that extra little bit of you know, it's okay to, to rock up to the front door in your flats and then pop your heels out if yeah. you feel you need to. But but also to say to them, look, in, in that role, it's okay to wear a suit with a T-shirt and a pair of trainers. It's completely appropriate now to dress like yeah. that for an interview. It's yeah. not like it used to be five, four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, so we, we just try and be, just put the extra little bit in that needs to take any of those last minute nerves yeah. from the, off the client's shoulders really it's absolutely amazing um and and i suppose now now's kind of my biggest question if you like a couple of top tips and i know we've we've covered a lot and 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 you know it, it's hard it's hard to condense things down um to 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 a couple of things but but what what would you say um is it you know to to anyone who's just thinking 
of asking for help. Yeah. So if if I can give a top tip for each aspect of the service, would that be? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So lovely. Pre-employment, dressing for successor interview, and the final interview prep. So pre-employment, it's really developing your skills and consider mm-hmm. the abilities that you need to demonstrate in order to get the job. So if you're going for a job as front of house as a receptionist at the NHS, you know, our coaches will will ask the client to think about, well, you've been the NHS clearly and you've seen receptionists. What was a good yeah. service like to you? And what was a bad, bad experience? So yeah. I'll focus on what the good experience was and try and write down what how you would do it and really understand the abilities you'll need to demonstrate in order to get the interview and then when you're in the interview to be able to articulate it and then if you get the opportunity to do any volunteering that backs up your credibility and knowledge in a sector try and do that but at least do research if you can um, on the sector so that's a bit of pre-employment and then in in dressing for a successful interview I mean the our stylist will first and foremost say you must wear something that makes you feel the best version of yourself. Yeah. We don't want you to look like the stylist or the other people in the center. We want you to look like you, but the best version of you so that you carry that confidence and you, and you're therefore comfortable in what you wear. And it's not a juxtaposition to your normal style. So if you're very tomboyish, um, we're not going to try and suggest you wear a dress and heels. We'll probably put you in a suit with a t-shirt and a pair of cool trainers, if that's appropriate for that job interview. So it's that real hard balance of fitting in that you so you look appropriate for the process, yeah. but then standing out so they remember you. Yeah. And we've had a number of clients come back and they'll say, Oh, you know what they said to me? They said, We really like that that woman who was in about fourth. Can't remember what her name was, but she wore that red dress. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's that's what we try and say. So um the, the something that is that makes you feel the very best version of yourself. Yeah. So you fit yeah. in the process, but you stand out because you yeah. look confident and you're owning you're owning your your outfit and you you're feeling comfortable. And then really, when you're in an interview, um, it's about clarity. Really, um, mm. obviously, you've got to prepare and you've got to do a little bit of research on the company. But when you're in there, try to listen carefully to the questions. And it's okay to say to the interviewer, "Could you re- do you mind repeating that question? I, I think I got it, but I don't want to." answer it without really understanding what you're trying to find out from me um and breathe slowly know your cv and when you're asked a question if you're listening carefully try to point to that part of your cv that demonstrates the experience that you've got to answer their question about skill or competency or organizational capability and the like and uh, be positive through that process so clarity Point to areas in your CV that demonstrate the capabilities and be positive in, in doing that. As positive you can be when you're yeah. very, very nervous. And it's not a nice thing in an interview. It's not nice for anybody. But when the stakes are very high because you're unemployed and you need a job, it, it, it's even more nerve wracking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it is. And when, when you're nervous, I think um, it's all too easy to not listen and to to kind of rush things. Um, and so, yeah, if, if, if you can make your yourself just pause and yeah absolutely I completely agree with you ask the interviewer to to clarify or or repeat the question because they don't want to hear a load of kind of jumbled answers either so they they would much rather give give you the best chance of of kind of shining that's that's their job as interviewers so it it is and in thinking about as your question before about the job market 
if you're a Greg's recruiter and you need to recruit a thousand people to work in the Greg shops across Greater Manchester, mm. you, you want every person who comes in front of you to be able to match the criteria yeah. and perform well so you can give them the job because it's it's your task is to yeah. find as many people as you can to fit the job. So they are the the recruiter, the interviewer wants you to be good. That it's yeah. it's not there to trip you up. It's not hard. They want you to perform to your best so that they can say, right, that's one job that I've managed yeah. to source. Um, yeah. so, and, and if you fluff an answer to a question, move on, try and try and move on. Or you could say, look, can I answer that question again? You could do that, but it's not the be all and end all. If, if one answer to one question you're not comfortable with, just try and regain your positivity yeah. and, and think about, right, okay, the next one I've got to really answer better than that and uh, yeah do you know I've I've loved talking to you I I could talk to you all day because this this is such heartwarming heartwarming stuff and I I really hope that our listeners have have got a lot from this well they they will have um it's not it's not a hope but um I, we will put um obviously your organization's details on the notes that that go go with this but um one thing I think is probably worth noting is that your organization is not like like your bit of it is is in Manchester, but actually you have other other centres as well, don't you? Yes, we have eight centres presently across the UK, two in London, Reading, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Newcastle and Edinburgh. And we in the next three years will open another three. We're going to focus on metropolitan areas of unemployment. So Liverpool, mm. Sheffield, Bristol, Glasgow will possibly be our next few targets. Um, and also... We are going to launch next year um, a virtual service for a, a woman anywhere in the country who wants access to the career coaching service. So the upstream job help service that yeah. we hope to be able to introduce uh, a national number where you can ring the national number and you'll be able to be supported virtually by one any one of the centres who happens wow. to have the coaches available at the time. So if you live in Brighton, you aren't going to travel to London for a job interview if you if the job that you're going for is, is a cleaner. It's just economically silly to yeah. do that. But you yeah. will still be able to access the service. So I don't know when that's going to launch, but that's something that um, we will have in our strategic plan. But yeah, we support Greater Manchester. Uh, but when I say Leeds, they support all of West Yorkshire. Birmingham mm. support the whole of the West Midlands. Newcastle supports all of Tyne and Weir, Durham. Uh, so we try and extend our reach. Now that we've got our virtual capability as well as our in-person service, we can extend our reach quite a bit. It sounds absolutely amazing. I had no idea you were launching this virtual service next year um, on top of everything else. I, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. So please keep in touch, won't you? Um, I genuinely want to be able to to kind of promote your, your stuff to our listeners. So may, maybe when you launch the virtual service, we could have another chat with, with you or a colleague or, or whatever. That would be great. And anyone who's listening, thank A, thank you for listening. Um, and please get in touch. If you're unemployed and you 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 claim universal credit, just speak to your job centre coach and say, get me an appointment with SmartWorks, please. And uh, if they say, but you're based in Brighton and the nearest one is London, they could still put you in contact with the service. And if somebody could service you remotely for the coaching, then they will try to do so. But if you live in a in an area that's proximate to one of our centres, our doors are 
open we always have appointments available and we'd love to see you and help you on your journey brilliant well i think with that that's a fantastic place to 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 kind of close for today so huge huge thank you for your time i'm i'm just blown away by by all all the work that goes on and and you know with, with the whole team so so massive thank you and definitely we'll keep in touch thank you thank you for the opportunity julia thank you for listening to empowering agency workers hosted by julia kermode for more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.